Welcome to a funny thing happened on the way to the podcast. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. You that, do you awesome. use a lot of like that was live? That was live. live. Yeah. It's like um, let's see. In just a couple seconds, it should show right on our page. We actually had a couple people tune in. Here we go. Two minutes ago. There you guys That's are. Awesome. We we used we to look like we're on crack because. <laughs> We don't know where to look. It's, it's the lighting's fault. That's all it is. That's but right. it's well lit. That's right. <laughs> so you find you get a lot of outreach doing the live stuff? Because we used to play around with it a little bit. We haven't done them and much of it in a while. Actually, it just happened uh, as a fluke. We uh, were doing a wedding. Doug is a wedding photographer as well. Doug Walters Photography, located here in St. Catharines. We will tag you. And... Um, as part of our service, we're full service, so we make sure that we are servicing our clients as yeah, best we us. can. And see, there you guys are. <laughs> and it just happened that one of the groomsmen had gotten his suit out of town, didn't bother to try it on, and needed to go to a moors and switch out some uh, some stuff. And Doug was taking some photos of the wedding party, so I took the groomsmen to moors. Turns out moors is actually going to be at the Ancaster show. And I'm like, wait a second, I'm just what standing around here. I'm gonna go live and Utilize since then it's just sort of snowballed we're trying to reach as many vendors that are at the show as we can because we're in St. Catharines obviously um, so while we're in Hamilton and Castro all the time it's really hard to meet up with vendors depending on what's going on in their day but we're trying to get it out there we're trying to make sure that everybody understands that this show even though we are vendors um, it's not about us it's about all of us collectively in the business trying to make a living and be out there and do the best service for all these rides that are are trying to plan their special day. We want to make sure that this wedding show is the one of the wedding shows that people are going to because you know like it used to be. Yeah, and it's we we want to bring that to where it was. Where it was, I remember when I first started going on the show. It was show. huge. It was it crazy. Was it was very unusual. It was very classy, and it was. It was at night. It was at yeah, night. that was, it was the mysterious. Unique. Even yes. the clientele that went in there were very unique too. I just I felt that every time I was there. And I thought, well, you know, and so we had the opportunity last year to buy it. And, uh, you know, we, we, we want to bring it back because, it, you know, it's not it was not at the potential that it was like the last show that we did wasn't that great. So we're we, just we literally we literally took the show over a month before um, the show date this year, which was March the 29th. So about a month before. We had been trying to work with the previous owner. By the way, she's a really nice lady. Like, yeah, don't is. get us wrong. And you know what? She had passion and everything like that. And unfortunately, there's some circumstances in her life that changed, which opened up the door for yeah. us to be able to come in and, and take over. Unfortunately for us, not asking the right questions. Being a vendor is one thing. Being on the other side of the table is something completely different. It's a completely so, different uh, avenue. Like, it's a completely different mosaic. Yeah. Like, you're... Because I was, I, I used to be like I've done. I've been in the business for 31 years, and I've been doing wedding shows since it started. And I'll tell you, like I was the guy that was saying that this, this, can I swear? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This show <laughs> is shit. Favorite thing to do. Uh, what the hell are you guys doing? What are you guys advertising? I didn't hear. I didn't see any goddamn signs anywhere. Hey. I started doing that after we got screwed over by we that. We definitely yeah. felt pretty yeah. let down, man. So, and you know what? At, yeah. at the end of the day, like you get a crappy show, and all those leads, you spend all this money for it because you know you got the manpower, you got to buy the booth, blah blah blah. You get pissed off. Yeah. It's like I depend yeah. on my wedding shows because that's what it is. Like some people don't do a lot of advertising in, in the internet because they don't know how to do it. There's a lot of people that are whizzes out there that are good at that kind of thing. And still aren't successful though. That's but, the thing. It's it I think it's not just the marketing. I think it's 
it's more of the personality of the people, what I they're putting out there and all that. It's a, a combination of a, a whole bunch of things. A bridal show is a place where you're meeting your clients. And yes, in the age of computers and, and Facebook and social media and all that stuff, you know, it's very easy to just make a decision based on that. But some people are not, they want to meet the vendors because that one day is very important to them. So I want to meet this person. Oh, look, the portfolio looks ex excellent. Um, you know, reviews are awesome, but I want is to know about Is their personality going to meld with us? Is it going to meld with us kind of thing? And that's what the bridal shows are all about. I always feel uncomfortable when brides, and it happens every so often, they will email saying, we want to hire you, they have a date, and then they send the e-transfer before I'm even like, yeah. hey, Let's meet. Let's meet. Yeah. 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 Because we've had situations where we've met brides and things have gone really well and we're glad and other times we met them and it didn't gel. Years ago we used to take every wedding that came our way and now we're a little bit pickier because there are some brides out there that you know, just don't see, this, or don't see the same creative yeah. and it's just drive and for... No, and that's absolutely right. And I think the wedding sh and it's something to look forward to, you know, couple times a year is a wedding show like as a photographer yeah we're busy right now i got weddings every weekend just like everybody else but then when it starts winding down in the fall it's like oh more business new business since in 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 uh in september october and then all the bridal show the wedding ring show all those other shows start going on and then the fall shows wow the fall shows the new fashions and the new the new styles that photographers are doing more of wow it's it's exciting you know you get it's it's an exciting time of year and it goes from january till about march and you're just yeah and then the business comes in and then you're you know the people you're booking all these weddings and all it's just a part of the business and wedding shows are Part of the, business. the other great thing about wedding shows is that when you're at these wedding shows, these other vendors, whether they're photographers or officiants or whatever, you wind up making friends. So another great thing about the wedding shows is that you're able to collectively get together, say, hey, shoot the shit, tell your war stories from the previous season, that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. So it's not... I. Yeah, you get some vendors out there that are a little oh, animosity with going on, ooh, ah, uh, whatever. But for the most part, we get along with just about everybody. So we like to chit-chat and hear what everybody else's war stories are and change them. Exchange them. It's great. We want to make this wedding show uh, special because we have a lot of experience with wedding shows. We have a lot of wants and we want to see a lot of things that at wedding shows. And this is it. This is actually a wedding show that's going to prove it. The first time around when we were getting involved in March, that didn't happen. Now, from everything that we've ever learned as a vendor, we're putting it towards that wedding show. You know, the whole idea of having all the vendors sign, all the, uh, sign a sheet that uh, the, the, the brides, the brides are sign a sheet in That's order important. to get a, gain, uh, a main prize, a grand prize. So I think that works. It's like a passport. It guarantees that yeah. everyone's going to see each vendor. Because it helps, yeah. Even if they have a, a, you know, a photographer or blah, blah, blah. You never Sometimes know what door that might open they, something even else. Like, they might even cancel their photographer because they like you so much. Yeah. That's okay. great, you know? So it's just, and we know we have the we have the, uh, the fashion show, we've got professional models getting involved, you know, none of this. Oh, knowledge. yeah, so Expressions by Donna is coming back. So we were lucky enough to find and stumble upon some tidbits of information of what the show used to be like and who was involved. And so uh, Lily from Bridal Boutique, who will also be at the show, along with Angie's Bridal, um, had mentioned about the models, because unfortunately the models the last time were just a little too young. But anyways, yeah. um, and Donna just jumped at the opportunity of being back at the show, and she's like bending over backwards. Let's see what we can do. Let's collaborate. Let's get this going. Let's get this show back to its 
previous luxuriousness and its glory, and we are extremely excited. Like we literally are. A lot excited. of we get, it's amazing how like, how much support we're getting for the show. Yeah, like, it really is. Like honestly, I didn't expect it after that after what happened in March. I I didn't know, but then it just started coming in, and it's like you know, oh, you got new owners, and it's like we had all these ideas, and also with the the, the social media that we we're doing with the videos that really we've came out. We've had a lot of vendors coming to us. Uh, like Peachy Rooster, they approached us. We've been noticing you on social media. We've noticed that you're doing this. We really would like the opportunity and the idea of that new signature drink you're doing. We'd love to serve it for you. So it's it's been really great. K Light FM approached us. They saw that, was big. that we were that was huge for us because that just cemented in our stomachs that we knew that we made the right decision to invest in this. And they really like they really were interested. They even had a representative from I don't know where it was. It came from another town. Oh, to Brent, and Brent Percival is and the it was gentleman like, that we're working with. They're just, they, they were very, very supportive. And it's like, you know, this, we see a lot of potential in this. We want, we want to see this work. And they, they supported us with that. And one great thing about that is I get to work with an old co-worker, Darren Laidman, who's now on 102.9 KLED FM. And he and I used to work together at Energy Radio. So it's really great. He's come on board. He's been a huge supporter. He'll be there to help MC and, and co-host the show with us, um, along with Donna for the fashion show. And, and I love working with Darren. Darren uh, is a really great supporter of the show, so we're really excited to have him there too. And now that he's a part of KLA.com, that just makes it even better. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw that it was under new management, that's why I reached out because... You were one of the first. I was, yeah, I was you excited. Were, I, you were. I liked it, and it's, it's always nice to go back to basics, mm -hmm. right? Like, we, we started really with the Ancaster wedding show and whatnot, and we were disappointed the last time. And under new management, and meeting with you ahead of time, I don't think we'll be disappointed. Oh, so. oh well, we're happy to hear that. We're happy. It's a lot of work. It really is. Like it's not <laughs> me being the complainer at one point with all these other wedding shows. And now I see what they're going through. Yeah. I yeah. really do. Like there's just it's just there's a lot of things to it that uh, that we never knew, and you know, it's we're embracing it, um, but we're also. We're very excited. Like we're very excited. One about thing this. we introduced, one of the very first things that we introduced was we brought our videographer Kevin Fizikas in um, because we said we want to, as a vendor, like as a vendor, when you're at a show, you have that wonderful one moment opportunity to speak to that bride and groom, mm -hmm. and then it's gone. You get your ballots filled in, you get your lists, and then it's from there. It's like that's it, that's yeah. it. So we always wanted to know what the show does for us afterwards because we you know everybody spends money for their booth because they want to be there they want the exposure we brought in a videographer to do a spot with every vendor at that show so even now after the show you visit any of our social media sites you'll see that those videos are popping up so brides from the previous show can go in and double check in with some of the vendors that they spoke with maybe forgot about and the ones that are coming into the new show can see who was there they're introduced to them and just what, like we're doing tonight we're doing your podcast we did the live cast on our Ancaster page to introduce even some new vendors to these people so they know when they come they're they're in store for some really quality people and they can check you out even beforehand and sometimes they'll just go straight to you we we've had very interesting things work in the past where we um, uh, we and we still do we have some very kind of entertaining, lighthearted, frequently asked questions videos. 
And it's nice because sometimes when we meet with brides at, say, Tim Hortons or whatever, it's the first time you're meeting. And sometimes they don't know what we look like. And I'll never forget meeting one couple. They beelined it towards us at the Tim Hortons. And it was weird because they knew exactly who they were. I was like, what? And we're like, <laughs> we drove from Toronto. We watched your frequently asked question videos the entire way. We knew you and we yeah. saw you. Which, which ones? All of them. Every single one of them. And how many are there? I have to ask. Well, the old ones, probably like 15 to 20. Now we, we just, this summer, shot new ones that we're working on fixing, which isn't, it, before it was just me. So they knew me, which is Now weird. you got now Eric. It's, oh yeah, it's everybody. It's everybody in our team included. So it's less just me, which is right. nice because less of me in front of the camera is probably better, says the person who does a weekly video podcast. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it's nice because those are great to share. It's great to show the people behind the camera and literally, Absolutely. as I said, we really try to sell our personality. So Well, you guys have great personalities. Now, uh, I'm going to switch the questions now. So you guys don't just do photo and video, though. You do a lot of other things. Yes. So we do graphic design a lot. Um, printing, business cards, brochures, stuff like that, t-shirts. Some of it works in sort of as a necessity, because say if you're doing food photography for a restaurant, wouldn't you also like to dip in there and have the menu printed for them so and, and design the, the layout of the thing? Absolutely. You can really fulfill your creative vision right to the end of the process. Yeah, because then that way they don't have to worry about fiddling with the size of the images, whether or not it's going to no. fit you, because you are actually doing it start or, to finish. Or taking it to a print shop that you may or may not get what you're looking for out of it. That's right. Yeah, it's completely custom. So we do the photos, we'll do the design, and we'll oversee the printing. And under one company, you're getting a better bang for your buck. That anyway. too. And then you've only got a couple people to work with, so you're not dealing with four or five different people trying to get one product accomplished. Exactly. And then with that, we do commercial photo and video work when it comes our way. So the, the nice examples, we've done some actually very big work with a bed and breakfast in Niagara on the Lake called Louisa's Sweet Retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, we handle their social media, the website we did, we've re we retook all their sweet photos and whatnot, and we're waiting for the fall colors to come in and we'll be doing a promo video for them. And then there's a board game cafe in St. Catharines called Mugs and Meeples. We did their menu. Where is that? We did their commercials. It's on St. Paul Street past... St. Paul Crescent. Oh, Crescent on the... Oh, yeah. On the west end of the bridge basically right um so we we've done a lot for them too so it's it's fun it's and from there you'll get tons of referrals yeah he i mean he kind of sings our praises whenever he can whenever he whenever he and every time somebody's looking for a good board game cafe, I go to Mugs and Meeples. Mugs and Meeples. So. Well, if I can get this guy to play a board game with me, I would be absolutely ecstatic. There's so <laughs> many There's so many there. You can find one for just about anybody. Yeah. See? I'm not a big board game person myself. But. We could play Risk. Yeah. Who doesn't like a great game of Risk, right? I do like Risk. Risk I've, is I haven't a played it game. since I was like in high school oh, with a bunch of friends. It's a good one. <laughs> so it's nice. We get to do a lot of, just a lot of everything. And then... As the mix with the film union stuff and the fact that we've we've traveled for other purposes too, short film and everything. So we're we all never run out of things to talk about. Basically, right. it's never a boring day. There's no. always something 
fun and exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's always good. I find myself attracted always to jobs that have a wide variety of things, like even building houses, things are different every day. But no, I'd go insane if I was like a typecast photographer or something that just did the same thing over and over again. I did that for a long time. I did baby photos. That's true. The first... Uh, the f my first step to self-employment, I after college, I managed an A&W, and I took a break after I graduated because I had back surgery, and then I just kind of continued working without thinking about my future, and they fired me. I'd say, why? Because my opinion is very <laughs> unappreciated. I will, I will say that I was fired because I was white, but I won't go into details there. <laughs> That um, would happen to have been in Burlington, would it? No, it was in St. Catharines. Oh. Uh, and the day that I got fired, there was a job posting for a baby photographer job. And I did that for three years with a company called Canadian Baby Photographers. Oh, they've been around oh, for yes, like a hundred years. Since 1965. Yeah. And they had an interesting... Uh, reception or interesting kind of public appearance uh the photos were good i i enjoyed taking the photos and the 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 babies i mean it was it was they it took was, my baby's photos yeah. pardon how many years have been doing photography me yeah uh since 2013 yeah. so and eric so are you specifically just video or do you do no, photography no i'm too? mostly Photo primarily. And I mostly video, yeah. but I balance back and forth. Yeah. Wow. I pretty much did it as a very hardcore hobbyist for like two years before I even really did professional work just because I couldn't, you could not see me without a camera around my neck. It's true. So then how did you two meet? Like, how did you two decide, hey, <laughs> no. let's get this done. Let's, let's go so, down yeah. this different, this adventure. I, I think my side of the story might start. Well, no, you can explain why you needed a photographer, it's I suppose. Like, it sounds like it's a really good marriage between the two of you. A lot of people have said that. Yeah. <laughs> Some people really do call it a bromance. Hey. My girlfriend gets jealous. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I, there's a there's a third party in this story that I think you just saw hiding in the background. Her name's Tila. She. Hi, she Tila. Was... <laughs> oh, she's, she's she's being very quiet. She's keeping quiet. She doesn't want us to pull her into this. No, um, not at all. She. And I were doing lots of wedding photo and video, and she said we should bring on a third person. And I said, okay, we will post. I'm sure I'm, this is the Reader's Digest version. It's sure. probably back and forth, me saying, nah, not really, don't want to. It sounds, then, like, it sounds like Doug and I. Yeah, so on and so forth. So we finally did. We post for uh, interviews, and at the time I told Eric we were interviewing a lot of people, really he was the only one that applied. <laughs> that's what happens. And he got the job. And where we are now is when he got the job, I'm like, okay, Tila, one of, if not, like my best friend of all time, I can never fire her. That's a problem being the boss. My other videographer, kind of second, or for like it balances between, again, being one of my best friends of all time, can't really fire him. So I said to Tila, hey, this guy I'm not being friends with because if he starts to... Didn't like, work. be shitty. I have to fire him. And one day we had dinner together, and then we went to take photos of the Rib Fest back in 2016. And like, first things first, my initial reaction was, "Shit, he's a really good photographer. I have to step up my game." And oh. we actually, I, 
I like to kind of hang out with him because I learned a lot and then we also became friends and then, I mean we've been doing this for 70 plus weeks in a row so we talk to each other all the time now he's yeah my, oh, I can see where the bromance comes from. My oh, side yeah. of the story was just, I was uh, at the end of my university career and I was looking to make a little bit of money and I had booked a wedding by myself and I'm like, I haven't really done a wedding before this. <laughs> I'm going to go get experience on somebody else's time. <laughs> and it worked out. <laughs> Turns out I'm pretty good at weddings. Well, that's yeah, good. I kind of like my experience. I, the first wedding I did was in 1989 and it was... Uh, Three years um, before I was born. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I remember... I remember doing this. 1989? Because, yeah. It was 19. So five years before I had my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, my father, he was a pilot, he did his, um, one of his colleagues' weddings. And uh, I was really, like, I was really, I thought, wow, you can make money doing this. His dad was a pilot with Warner. Yeah. So okay. he traveled the world. And his nice. dad used to always have a camera with him, which yeah. is probably where Doug picked up. So if you go into my studio, you'll see all my old cameras that have on I'd them. love what, to. What kind of old cameras? Come by. Oh, the Pentax God, S1 and then the Pentax ME Super. He was a bad. Pentax guy. Really? I got a Pentax 6.7, but not much else. It's a good one. And I used, I used to work with Bronicas, I used to work with the Hasselblads, I mean, nice. all film. Anyway, the first wedding Careful, I did... you're turning Eric on. Oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have Doug I have. has that way with animals. Sorry, Eric. You are an animal. My <laughs> <laughs> <I> start. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, Miss Horse uh, Ringtone. Yes, Yeah, that was weird. Yes, Mr. Horse. going to be on that video too now. I know, I right? I wonder what the hell that was all about. Avery Stewart? Yeah. yeah. I did the wedding. Anyways, sorry, Eric. I no. never wanted to do it again because it was such a pain in the ass. And then next thing I know, I got one a week later, and then I got another one, and then I got another one. Then I went to college, and then I did them over the weekends, and you know what I mean? And I just, because Doug also is an sign language interpreter as I well. I used to do that. And he's also fluent in Dutch, so when we go to weddings, you'll see him. Sometimes he's, his hands are going, and I'm like, oh, okay, he must have met a deaf person. And then there's the, the Dutch. Oh, okay, he's finally met somebody he can talk to because I don't speak Dutch. Neither yeah. do I. So... 2,600 weddings later, and I'm still doing it. It's, well, that's it's good. Some weddings. I, I locked out. Uh, well, I was still employed at a w but I was on my off time because of the back surgery. I was hired by a gentleman named Merv, and he had a company called UBU Productions. And he and I were graduates from Niagara College. Granted, I think it was like 30 years apart. But... <laughs> He hired me to shoot a wedding, and that was wedding video. And at the time, I didn't realize how, like, a, how like cool it was. And my first wedding, I got to work with Brian Caparici as well, which at the time, again, I didn't know who he was till much later. Then I'm like, wait, holy crap! You got to work with him. Yeah, and he and I talked for a little bit and whatnot, and I can never seem to schedule him for this podcast because busy guy. He doesn't do evenings, but. Um, that the bug had bit. I did a little bit from Merv, and then here we are today. And obviously it was a great career choice. It, it had its ups and downs, and there's been some very interesting situations. And you'll situations always have that. Way. Otherwise, you'll become boring, and you'll well, not, not really want to continue doing this, and that might be a shame. There are many, many things, but boring, I don't think. I know. Is one of them. We get, we get, ta we get asked all the time, you guys must have seen everything. Nope. We've seen a lot. Oh, we yeah. can tell you stories. Oh, I but if we had seen everything, then it would be boring. 
It, it, I mean, we have very f much fewer weddings under our belt, but yes, every almost every wedding there's some kind of new chaos that gets introduced to the mix, and it's mm -hmm. it's it's fun. I don't. Yeah, it's entirely unpredictable. I, you'd think you would see everything by some point. Even weddings themselves probably changed quite considerably over the past few decades. I don't have that long term of experience. The emergence in digital has really made an impact on our business, and that's. Uh, because back in the day when I was shooting with film, you had a light meter, you had your film, mm -hmm. you had your your camera that you knew very, very well. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if your Hasselblad locks up, you get the screwdriver and you poke it in and it goes yep. back up, 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 open again. And that was just something, everything just sounded right. When you get this digital camera in your hand, <laughs> it's not the same. And, uh, you know, it's, I almost got out of it just because I, I didn't feel it was real photography to me at, at one point because, you know, here's a digital camera and, you know, I didn't feel that the quality was the same when I first started. I didn't Not compared it. to medium format, absolutely not. Yeah. Then, the, then I started getting into the Nikon D800s and I thought, yeah, mm -hmm. you know what, that camera is, you know, that's the one. Still shooting on that one today. I love it. It's a good it's camera. A great, great tool. And, um, but the thing is, and I, I teach all because I have 10 people that work for me. I always say to them, do your pictures in the camera, don't do it on Lightroom. The editing. The editing, Lightroom is just a little bit of touch here and there, but the camera itself, that's your, that's, you're doing everything in it. And try to make those RAWs as perfect as you can because it's just a lot less time sitting in front of the computer. You see, you hear a lot of these stories about photographers taking two years, well, it's a bit of an over, a little bit of an over. But you hear that Although you have, I have heard of photographers taking an obscene amount we of time before they disappear, which we is also to. scary. For our company, uh, photo turnar photo turnaround is six to eight weeks, sometimes That's us less, too. because again, we do this full time. So Doug's available to do the photography, do the editing, and stuff like that, and then I do the other half of everything else. And together as a couple, we just we make it all work. Yeah. But I, just, I don't, I just, I've always, and I try to stick to the old school ways of photography. I even carry a light meter with me, just because sometimes I, I just kind of need to know. But you, you always see Doug doing this. You, you can't meter the position of like the subject and have a flash properly metered for that one, really. There's that's certain right. applications where you still need one. Yep. Yeah, and, and you know, every manual, like that's, I still see photographers using P. That's, yeah. why, why are you letting Nikon or, or Canon make decisions for you? Because it's, they're booking the weddings and getting the money. That's, yeah, that's the sad it. thing. Like, you know, you're, when, you, you, I, when I, I'm a guy that when I'm shooting, I'll change everything. Oh, this, so I'll, I'll, oh, change, yeah. I'll change the ISO. I'll change it. it gets, I have that in me to do that. And I think, you know, if you can do that, you, you know, then you have more control of what you're doing. The computer does not do it justice. You yeah. can do some really nice things with Photoshop and and, and Lightroom, but it's not the it's not 100% the same. If you're going to do vignetting, shoot through some stuff, make it look you know, a little bit more three dimensional. Yeah, smear you, some Vaseline on your lens. That's right. <laughs> and you know what? Those were it, you know we really faked it till we made it with with some of those. We even made our own little vignettes out of plastic, mm -hmm. but man, it looks really really cool. You know, so. Yeah. But yeah, no, and so it's it's. I always think treat, treat digital photography is the same as classic photography. You know, that's where we all came from. For somebody who didn't really grow up shooting film like in the same way that a photographer shoots film, I like that I, I took a 
about a year break from digital and I just shot on film cameras and it the one thing that I got out of it more than anything is just making shots count. I probably shoot a third, if not a quarter of what I used to for weddings, and I get better photos out mm -hmm. of it. You're, getting, you're banging off two 20s, you got 24 each roll. Each roll is $9.99. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's expense. And usually with candid photography, you just bang in your, your little, you, uh, you get your 35 millimeter camera and you do candids in black and white with the, with the Ilford XP1. And you just put that through C41 chemistry and you got black and white. Wow. Is the so XP1 <laughs> your favorite film? Um, For black and white specifically? No, I like the, uh, the Ilford FP, what was it? Oh, yeah. Long to Ilford 400 was my favorite. I just love the Ilford. I, I love the HP5. That's the, the um, too. The Kodak was, I found it was very grainy, but sometimes I, love, I hate this Kodak This is all foreign to me, but this is kind of cool to hear. T-Max is one of my the most despised totally rolls of to me, but yeah, as, I, as I've always said with Eric, whether it's just general science or knowledge or cameras, talking to him is like looking at the answers at the back of the book. Yeah. yeah. But that's good because you can see credit. the passion in all of you for what you do. Well, you know, and it's... Like, I, I was, I'm not a photographer, it, and it I, but I can so appreciate it. It was so different back in those days. I remember shooting on medium format, and it's like, you're shooting, and you got all these group shots, and at the end of it, it's like, wait a second. Did I do that on F4, or did I do it on F8? Shit, because if I do it on F4, half people are going to be blurring, and I'll be fucked. <laughs> Shit, I have to wait till a week after I get everything proofed. And then I remember I used to be the first one at the photo store. We used to go to a place called Strauss, which was just on Blur Street. That's where I used to live. Mm -hmm. And I remember just, just going in there and I said, I just got to see these proofs and <laughs> I'm just putting them on. And they, oh, thank God, this is great. Yeah, no, oh, oh, I did do it. And the flash did go up. Yes, that's it. That's the only thing that I even cared about was that. Hmm. You know, it's so, and you're, it's so like you have to. It has to. Everything has to go right. Even now, he goes nuts when he thinks he's missed something. It'll be the middle of the night, babe. I gotta go back to the studio. I'll be right back. Uh, it, it's just bugging me. He he won't be able to sleep. He literally has to go to the studio, twenty minutes from home to the studio. Computer on. Check the three photos that he needed to check because he couldn't sleep. I love off it. and home. Done. I've had it and work. then he sleeps soundly. Well, I've had, we'll, we'll do a OneDrive, and that'll be the last thing for the end. And then they'll download it off the thing. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get an email that night. Oh, pictures were awesome, but where's the cutting of the cake? And I'm like, it's like, did I do a cutting of the cake? And I'm like, yes, you did, babe. You How sure do you know? That? Yes, okay, I know you did. I'm going to get in the car, and I'm going to go check it out. How do you know I did it? over to the studio, and there it is. And then you give me a call. Well, I just want to let you know they did download it. It just took forever because the images are 20 megabytes a hit. Yeah. So it's like, it takes forever to get and it. And I'm like, if you had just waited five minutes, babe, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, it's digital is a lot of work. And another thing that I'm kind of worried, I'm thinking about as well is I shoot everything on raw. What do I do with those raws? You know how many of those? It's a lot of storage. Do, how many of those little things I buy at Hard Staples? <laughs> I've got, yeah. if you go into my editing room, I got drawers full of it. Well, we, we just upgraded, we have a NAS drive, like storage, so we're talking 16 terabytes just for The only for, problem with that is if it, if it happens to go. Well, there, we, there's we have redundancy, redundancy right? Yes. We, we have it built in because back in 2016. But the question is, how long do you keep those raws? That's uh, because we keep I'll have forever. some lady and it's like, I really like this shot you did in black and white. Is there any way that we can get it in color? And I don't want to say to her, well, I just have the JPEGs and there's nothing I can do about it because if I go back to my RAWs, then I can just make it into a color shot. So I would imagine that perhaps you're like us then and if it's a black and white image that they get, it's purely our own creative input. It's not really. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because some 
photographers will deliver like both or they'll deliver no black and white or whatever they're going to do. We have a few customers, very, very few, that ask for no black and white. However, we did have one customer ask us for absolutely Everything every single sepia. photo in sepia. Hmm. So, you know, I have everything a preset on Lightroom so I can do everything on sepia. And I'm thinking to myself, why the hell is she doing this? Every shot, I sh we shot close to They what, invited us images. to their home because everybody at DW Photo, Doug Walters Photography, is family. Yeah. All of our clients are family because they come back to us for I've absolutely beer, everything. So I'm, we're over so there. So we're you over know, there, like dinner, the people invite us to their family yeah. functions and stuff like that. Her whole house was in sepia. Yeah, and everything was brown. So it made brown. sense. Everything but it was, wasn't distasteful. No, That's was, the thing. It was, it was like nice. it was it was really well put together, but we understood why everything had to be in sepia. Yeah, so that makes sense. Because otherwise, the color photo would really have been out of place. Yeah, and so. you know what? She texts me every birthday, every Mother's Day, every Christmas, Ooh. every New Year's. Hey, beautiful, happy whatever. Just thinking about you. So we we have our our list of clients that invite us to almost every single function that they have mm -hmm. at New Year's or just get-togethers, and they are nice to have. Problem is, New Year's, they all do it on the same night, so you can only pick one. You have to one. pick and choose, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, our general rule of thumb is we'll, like, we, we do pick and choose, and we make sure that people know, because we will always keep the JPEGs, and for the most part, the RAWs are kind of kept but we do say that they have a year yeah and we have a calendar so we, we have that on our contract too but we'll never delete the jpeg never ever ever but the raws especially from five years ago oh doug's got stuff from even when i'm he just did too afraid film. to get rid of it that's the problem because it we, is we just, to hit we just got four customers in the last what three, three months weeks. three weeks three weeks Oh yeah, three weeks. Three weeks, and all of their hard drives, gone. for whatever reason, gone. All their wedding photos, oh, yeah, that, everything. That's when and we have They assume somebody, that it's all gone on our side too, which is absolutely not. I have all the stuff I've been shooting since the 80s. We even had a bride call us last year. Unfortunately, her mother had passed away. And for whatever reason, there she remembered that there was one photo in her wedding photos. How she doesn't have them now, we don't know. But she messaged us and said, you don't happen to have this photo, do you? We were able to send her to her that night. She was just yeah, eternally grateful. Oh, yeah. The other yeah. way to look at it, too, is that it seems storage space is exponentially cheaper as time goes on. So if you don't shoot and if you don't outshoot what you have right now, you might be able to keep up with it forever. Mm -hmm. it, it just seems to be getting that cheap, especially with just regular hard drives. I know hard drives, solid Great. state drives are still oh, cheap, kind of cheap, expensive. Cheap. I remember so. when they first came out, they were like thousands of dollars mm -hmm. for like no space. Yeah. Same thing with the SD cards. I mean, I remember SD cards were like 70 bucks for like what? Two megabytes? Yeah, I remember yeah. one megabyte crazy. for my D100. That was the first camera. Yeah, but those are those big square things that you have, those professional. Oh, I, still, I love small. those things. They never go. You know, and, and that's another thing is, that's another thing that I, um, that's keeping me from going mirrorless is um, I like the fact that my D800s, um, you can put two cards because of I've, course. I've had it where something would, one of those cards would corrupt. And lucky I was to get everything out of it, 
But what happens if you can't get anything? That's the scary Which thing. Which cards do you shoot with? I use some... Um, what am I using again? I, I don't know. They're the black professional the ones. black ones. Sandisk, Lexar... Scan, Sandisk. Nope. Sand. They, yeah, yeah, that too. I have, I have we all use of all of those, but the black one, the big black ones that we usually use. But ever since I've, ever since, you know, with the D800, I double card everything. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter. If one goes, I have another one. And it's, you that can't do that. That's my favorite new thing about, not the yeah. new camera, but I was Mark II for years. And now that I have the Mark III, the double card. Yeah. It's just, Some of our photographers it, use those cameras. I remember yeah. at a time, I used to always worry, like, oh, I have to download these images right now. Because I want to make sure we that still do that. Yeah, yeah, and we did that at weddings a lot of time. I'd bring the external hard drive and during dinner, and then you have it. Yeah, you know, because I don't want to like I, I the one thing that really you know, and I'm gonna say it fucks me up. Creative already swore is so where is, is actually he's very tame, worrying right? about this stuff. I don't want to worry about it. I want to make a night. I want to do a good job for my customers. Yeah. I don't want to worry about if that thing corrupted my files or you know or whatever. That's it's the worst thing in the world. Same with film. I, oh, did I did I actually put the film through or have been shooting all in number one for the whole wedding? You know, with with film you can you always know that that camera is working the way it is. Mm -hmm. But with digital you don't know. It's it's. You know, there's a lot of different uh, advantages and disadvantages of, of both systems. Obviously, film's a lot more money, mm -hmm. um, but digital's a lot more work. So, you know, it kind of, it does. Like, I think it is a lot of work. It really depends yeah. on what you did as far as film goes. Because, I mean, like, there's some people that do have their own darkroom where they will print their own images, and you can spend hours and hours just dodging and burning one photograph. Yeah. It, it really depends on how far you're going to push it. Uh, the film side of things, I, I, most people are happy enough with the prints, although a lot of times all these digital scanners or whatever that you get these days for, for your film slides or whatever, it, they'll just destroy whatever color you have on there. Like it just picks a white balance and it looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, so. Can't shoot film, I suppose, like you used to be able to. No, you can't. The traditional C41 with uh, color and then the traditional three chemistry with the I, black and white. I don't even know what to do with my C41 film anymore. Well, you can still he take can it. can show you. Costco still do, um, deliver. Um, Is Costco really? doing it? No, yeah. Duncan and Wright does it. Duncan and Wright in Burlington. Burlington camera. Burlington camera. Yeah, I'm going to go there. There was a shop or a drug mart near where he lives that had a machine and I, I must have been their biggest customer because I, I was there all the time. I got <laughs> probably like almost a hundred rolls of film done by them. And then they just decided one day, yeah, we're going to sell the machine. And I couldn't afford it because I was a poor student. But I'm sure somebody picked it up for like $3,000 and they're probably making money right now. That's right. No. The Those Fuji machines, when they first came out back in the 80s and 90s, they were about $30,000 for both of them. Yeah. And now that you, can, you can't even give them away. And nobody, use, nobody uses them anymore, you know? So. The automatic film processors? I would I would pay at this point in my life a thousand bucks. No questions asked for one of those. Well, there's a place in Toronto called Auto Trader. If they're still around, they'll probably have a thousand of them in their warehouse. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, just so. the color films too hard for me to try to hand spool, and I don't even the chemicals only work like once, and it's a pain. And that's another thing I don't like is the chemistry. It stinks. Like it's just yeah, it really does. And I hate it when I'm in the dark room and yeah, you're dodging and blah blah blah, and all of a sudden it's like you feel like you're. You're half in the bag because they stink <laughs> these goddamn chemicals. They smell like it's something. better than a joint. Yeah, I don't do that, but you know what I mean? It's just, no, he doesn't. No. So, yeah. No, it's cool. We Whatever, we're all friends. It's legal. It's did, legal. It's fine. It's legal, but, but in our generation, it was a little different. Yeah. And it's really hard for us to come around to this new wave. Well, 
Is it, has there been a situation at, at a wedding where people are smoking pot and they don't want the camera pointed at them and you gotta go just sit no, in the they corner? All Remember the one where they snorting coke? Oh, we oh yeah, that one was really bad. That was really bad. Yeah. There we go. Okay, you wanna, you doing wanna a quick, quick story? Let's yeah, do you got any more water though? Yeah. I can get Here, the water, you, you tell the story. Yeah. I got the water. Parched. So... I mean, the less cool story is we did a wedding this year where the where the groomsmen and groom were very, very clearly disappearing very frequently to go snort coke. Uh, the police also showed up at the wedding. Ooh, um, gotta love uh, those stories. Yeah, I won't say where, but uh, it was, they had a balcony at the venue and the police were up there just watching for like 20 minutes and I've never seen police at a wedding. Stag and doe, sure. Wedding? Yeah, I don't we know why. A few times. <laughs> um, but we did a destination wedding, Dominican, and the the entire wedding party and all the guests basically were all friends from a bar. So they were a bar crowd. Okay. And in the video, oh, we have the video. You. It's hundred percent legit, true, and whatnot. But it plays out like a movie. Uh, we're shooting everybody arriving at like 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. to board the plane, and there's one guy in a suit, just for foreshadowing. And everybody else is ready to go to Dominican. So we get on a plane and everything. First night, I'll just tell the story beats anyways. Get there, Tila gets uh, motion sickness from the plane. First time she was in a plane, so she's sick that night. Uh, finally, I'm like, hey, Tila. Gotta go get food. She's like, just bring me back a plate. I'm like, okay. So I leave for dinner. I have a plate for her. I go, I'm about to go back to the hotel room, walk past the bar. I'm like, whatever. Nightcap, book, be fine. Start work in the morning. Go to the bar. I hear, hey, videographer, turn around. The wedding party's all sitting there. And they're like, come do a shot of tequila. Well, you're paying me, so you tell me what to do. So I did. <laughs> and six hours later, I am probably top 10 drunkest I've ever been in my life. I've lost a plate of food and I'm standing with a guy that was in a suit playing pool. And all of a sudden he opens up his necklace and he snorts something out of the necklace. And I'm drunk, I'm white, I've never been exposed to anything like that. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, what do you think? I'm like, where'd you get that? He's like, I brought it from home. How'd you bring it from home? How do you think? Oh. <laughs> uh, like, Aren't you ever scared? He's like, no, that's why I wore the suit on the plane, because nobody bothers a guy with a suit. <laughs> and the drugs, like this wedding party went hardcore. Like the other guy had found coke within the first three hours of being there. And the amount of drinking and the amount of debauchery one guy got with one of the other women. And she was so drunk, he thought she thought that he was someone else. Oh, and geez. the guy that it was was afraid that she was going to tell his. It was just, it was crazy. Wow. We're, I'm writing it. It's going to be It's almost a movie. like a key party back in the 70s, eh? It's going to be a movie. Yeah, I, I'm working on the story. Oh, wow. It's such a farce. You can't yeah, wait to see it. When you're shooting weddings, you get to see it all. And mm. one thing that really disturbs me is a lot of these, especially with the younger bride and grooms with all of their wedding party, they're all smoking. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah but it's, we smoked. Yeah, like we all but smoked in the day. Mind you, the cigarettes back in those just, days smelled differently than they do now. Hey, I'm born and raised in Tilsonburg. Our cigarettes oh. always smelled right. There you mm. go. <laughs> yeah. It, it, 
It is an interesting observation. I mean, I work on a construction site, and I can tell you, everybody gave up smoking pretty much. All the framers, all the electricians, yep. like ev nobody smokes for the most part anymore. But at every, pretty much every wedding, there's like just a group, a gang of smokers that are all in the bridal party or the, mm -hmm. the groomsmen or whatever. And this just seems to be a pretty common thing with young people still. You yeah. vaped for a bit though, right? Just because it was stupid. Does anybody <laughs> it? It, was a, it was ironic vaping. Yeah. It's, 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 it's something that you explored. I don't know. Yeah, kind of. Didn't, didn't have nicotine like. in it or anything. No, but all those oils going into your lungs. Oh, yeah, it's terrible for you, I'm sure. It's horrible. Yeah, just see that one body in life, and you know, you meet people that have lung problems, emphysema, cancer. Oh, my mom had her lung removed for cancer. Yeah, I just, just messing with your body. I just, I, I can't do that, you know. Well, you did say that you ran 24 kilometers before this podcast. Is that normal this for you? This morning or do you, do at you do like 6.30 he went out. Nice. Jesus. I'm a marathon runner. I do four marathons a year. I just got back into it this year after a seven year hiatus. And uh, it's just something I've, I've always wanted to be qualified for Boston. Hmm. Always. And it's very hard. So I, I went and got involved with the running room. And, uh, it's been they the best a, thing for you. So basically we're doing hills one day and then we'll do six and then we'll do ten and then we'll do tempo runs and then we do a big one every day, every week. And then when he's done, he's hurting. Yeah. So Krista massages, Krista makes sure he's well taken care of and yep. pampered to make sure that he recovers because the next day he does it all over again. Yeah, it's just, it's something I like doing. I used to cycle when I was your age. <laughs> I, I actually like running more than cycling myself. Running's great. It really is. It's, it's, it's the best thing. When I was going through my divorce, it got me through it. It really did. It was, it's like a medication. I did the same thing. I mean, the literal runner's high for me, I, I, it might be different from some people, but it is probably one of the most amazing feelings I can think of in my life. And yeah. it's been too long. Like I, I haven't been serious about running probably since I was in university, maybe three years ago. So I used I running as a, uh, a way to cope with the separation of my marriage after 17 years of it falling apart. And, um, from somebody who never did long distance running, it was always track, and I know you're gonna laugh because yes, I did hurdles with me being so short. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> um, did I get it? So I used to start power walking and then it just, it just graduated into running. At one point I wanted to join the reserves and being told that you have to run for 20 minutes, five kilometers without stopping. That was a goal for me, but uh, putting my music on at night, 10.30 at night, going out, doing my 5k whether it was bike riding or running it mostly was running being able to unplug helped me shut down before the end of the day so for me it's cathartic unfortunately since i've moved here from burlington five years ago i have not been able to run because i'm not familiar or feel comfortable enough to be out on my own that late at night <laughs> to do that i got so. the idea of running from uh getting into the police that was a that was one thing i re I, I did for seven years was uh, doing my ATS and uh, applying to different forces. I was really close with Toronto Police. And uh, the, the big thing that they want you to do is run. And all of their exercises are running based. They have a shuttle run at 6.5. And it is probably one of the most challenging thing. And be, being a seasoned runner like myself, it's still a challenge to do it. And a lot of the other police forces have other uh, running exercises that they do. And I was just really inspired by it. I thought, you know, I'll make this into a lifestyle. So, yeah. I am not a runner. <laughs> I think that is very clear. I am trying to live It is not very lifestyle. clear because there are people that look like you who do run and they do run marathons. 
So wow. don't ever. I was trying to make a joke. Cut yourself short. But, but you. you did. Thank you. But I'm supporting you. I appreciate it. I am trying to live a healthier lifestyle and passively, I was going to tell you about this too. It's not much of a success, but. Let me guess the keto diet. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And it's keto, baby. Or whatever. Keto. Did you say keto? He yeah. did. Keto. You know who keto is? <laughs> the hell is that? He's the, the oh. Green Lantern sidekick. <laughs> is that not his name, Kato? Yeah, it is. It is yeah. See? Um, I'm the, you know, I'm the nerd in the relationship. It's gotta have one. Um, I moved in, or my girlfriend moved in with me six weeks ago, and since then I have switched basically to 100% home cooked. I used to eat out a lot because I was oh, always so busy. That's Doug's thing now too, because I do all the cooking. Right? Yeah. And in the six weeks, just passively, I haven't changed my exercise. But I've dropped about seven pounds just from not eating out. All the all processed and a lot of food. water. Yep. A lot more water. Oh, Water's. Yeah, that's and the key. I'm working on it now. I'm going to add the gym back into the mix after everything slows down. But Take your time. You just got to find something you like doing. See, because a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and then they're going to do running, which they don't like to do. You know, if cycling is something that you like to do, then you should do that. Because cycling is a lot less uh, hard. It's less harder on your body than running. Running is hot. Like, not necessarily. Yeah, right. Mm, uh, not necessarily. It all depends. You got to make sure you've got your your height right for your pedals, your seat, your everything. Because you got to make sure you've got the full range yeah. of motion on there. Otherwise, so you can running. cause some major damage on your knees and How, your lower back. I want to hear how running is an expensive sport. Well, uh, uh, I'm finding this out now because I'm finally, after all these years, I'm doing it right because I've joined a clinic and I got a lot of like-minded people that are doing it. The frequency of how many times we gotta buy those two or three hundred dollar running shoes. Well, I'm just Plus, running the crap. I just running the crappiest shoes I got, and not when you're my screw age. Screw up your feet. Yeah, I guess because your, feet, your joints. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. when I if I run like 10, 15 k in really bad shoes, yeah, my nerves will be freaking out my foot when I get back. Can't do yeah. that. The socks, <laughs> you know, the the clothes costs lots. Like you, you know, and you're you're gonna want to use it. Like the, the the Garmin watch that I got, that was expensive. But it, it actually tells me, you know, how many, like, I need to know what I'm at and how I can improve on it. Hmm. It's, 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 the running room does very well with it, but it's, it's actually, it's a good community to be, to be in, you know, it's they better are. than the Hells Angels. You know what I mean? It's legal. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely better than Hells Angels. But it's, it's, uh, it's a, you know what? I think that running is a very friendly sport because they have people that are of different levels. They got people that are, that do walks and you know, they can't run, but they're all, it's just for people to go out. And, and then, everybody supports everybody. And that's the great thing. Yeah. And they actually mean it. It's not like, oh, well. She's only a walker, right? whatever. Who gives a shit, you know, you know? Everybody there, everybody supports, everybody becomes a friend and you know, they help cheer each other on. It's great. Yeah, and you know what? At the end, and, and being a wedding photographer, it's, it's very, it takes a lot out of you. Especially when you're, you know, you're in a church and you're going up and down with oh, your yeah. knees and you want to get the, sh the full length shot and then you want to zoom in with it and then you have to go up higher so you're going down. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard on your legs. It's, Best. it's, sorry. Yeah, so. Oh. Hey Siri. Yes, it's in Dutch. <laughs> so, Doug, so, I love you baby, but still. Um, so, uh, just over a year ago, like, Doug is Dutch. He was raised in a Dutch home. His parents spoke Dutch. Yeah. Um, but, unfortunately, he was a, the third child and the only one at home because the other two were in Holland. Okay. And so, as he's aged, he has 
gone away from the Dutch culture, and he decided last year that, you know what, I'm going to embrace it again. So I relearned the language. So he I literally went, relearned went, the language from went, start to finish. You're slowly else. growing to be like one of the most interesting men in the world, apparently. Oh, yes. Runner. I'm very Dutch language. Well, oh. he learned, like he knew Dutch. He spoke yeah, Dutch he growing up. But when, just, when, you, when and, and, and the adage and is so true, if you don't use too, it, you so lose it. I go it. there pretty much every year now. And it's, it's just, it's like stepping in another home when I'm there, you know. It's it's hard to live there because it's so expensive, but it's for a week and a half. I love it, and I'll just I have a friend of mine that I usually go with, and he's German, and uh, he, he he likes to come to Holland with me. It's really so cool. So is yeah. your Dutch Siri a way to help you with your Dutch? The whole phone the is whole in Dutch, so I may not know Dutch, but because we are together all the time, and depending on what we're doing on which phone, I had to learn how to navigate on this phone in Dutch. Now, don't ask me to speak it. I can say part ass, because you know, that's what you are. Horse's ass. Horse ass. Um, but <laughs> for the most part, I do not speak it. I do not have the <sighs> that you need to have when you're speaking Dutch. Um, but I know enough to be able to look at it, know what it means, and know what I can do with it. If so you, if you want to really be fluent in a language, you have to immerse yourself in the language. Well, I learned I learned that in sign language because he basically watches Dutch TV shows at night for fun. Yeah, they have amazing. That's fair though. That's and it's just I'm I, very impressed. I'm very proud. So because honestly, like you know, so all you two obviously have different TV tastes. Then. Yeah. Not really. We do have a lot of the same things. Like we like the NCISs, the Vikings, the you know, all kinds of stuff. Doug likes his you know how to make an American quilt. I like the Expendables, yeah. you know. How to make an American quilt. <laughs> you liked it. What the hell are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, but I've never watched it before. It used to yes, be one of showed it. You've seen it Until I met you, I've never watched it. That's what I'm saying. You introduced <laughs> me to it. Yeah. I didn't realize how passionate you were about it when he's like, oh, gotta watch this part. It's so good. It's so good. It's a good, you gotta watch this. Oh, and this is what's happening next. Like. I didn't say that. You did. But that's okay. It's all good. Okay. Expendables was good. I saw that last night. That for was the first time. time. Yep. That, that was I good. introduced him to that. We both love Star Trek. Okay. Nice. Yeah. We actually have a photographer whom we call Chekhov. Because he, he looks he a looks, lot like Chekhov. Looks like him, speaks like him, built like him. He's Chekhov. I have a client who looks like Data without the makeup. Like, uh, oh, Brent Spiner. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, the new uh, Picard's going to be good. Oh, that's coming out too. Have you tried to watch the new Discovery? It's actually pretty good. It took us a little while to filmed get to it. It was Discovery. Toronto. They filmed a small part of that at Balls Falls, too. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Burlington, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. All those places. Yeah. Yep. Very well done. You had to really get into it first. It took a little bit at first. Yeah. And you now have to sort of get yourself into which time frame it's in. My favorite Star Trek is still Voyager. I really Mine like is the next generation. Uh, for I me, too. My Voyager. friend who introduced me to Star Trek, she showed me the... I, I, she was really into Star Trek. I said, I don't want to watch the original because oh, I've seen, I've Shatner seen, and I've seen oh, episodes. First two episodes. I've seen episodes okay. of the original and like it's too much for me. But the next generation, I hear just so many good things about it. Did. It did. It was Show so me hyped up. The next generation, and she showed me the pilot and like, okay, yeah, this doesn't look good because the pilot's production value was so low. You could see the, the. Uh, the map box and the camera and some of the shots. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, this is not you good. You actually can see that? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. It's I so, remember it when looks it played. so shitty. And then she's like, hold on. And we watched episode two right after. I'm like, okay. So yeah. they're like, we want to do a new Star Trek show. 
and the studio gives them the least amount of money because possible. Because they did not think it was exactly. going to be successful. No, and then was a love boat. After, well, yeah. You remember the love boat? Yeah. No, they're too the young. First, no, I the love first, the love boat. First well, we watched it on CBS on demand. You could totally tell it was low budget. We love even, it. Even, yeah. even everything was dark. And then they and then after the third year, it was successful. They started but then lighting then it started up to change. Yep. And it sucked. Um, yeah. The other show like that, too, Doctor Who, the revival, yes, the oh. first episode looks like I can't remember what it, the actor's name was, but the actor who Chris, had the curly Chris, hair, the older guy, oh. it was always on TV. Oh, that is the best Doctor Who. Huh. That's okay. the best Doctor Who. Yeah, and it was low, low budget. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of low budget goodness out there. I used to watch that. I don't remember how bad the Doctor Who. The first Who episode was. with uh, it was the mannequins the new, or something. No, well, it was the mannequins, but there was also this. Uh, I remember this guy getting swallowed by a garbage can in that yep. episode, yeah. and it was so poorly done. I'm like, yep. I could do that with After Effects, <laughs> and. Then it got better. Never super amazing as far as effects go, but it got better. But Star Trek was such a such an interesting show because they, I mean, the the pilot was so cheaply done, and then it became this. This was the one. This was the Doctor that I grew up on. What's okay, the fourth. Let's see that. Oh, well, who see is that? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think here. That's not, uh, that's, that's before me. Tom Baker. Yeah, I haven't watched any of the, yeah. the older These ones. were the best Doctor Whos around. Um, but no, that's, I guess that happens. And having a map box show up in your frame, you can complain about it all you want. And we're, as I said, we're about to shoot a short film, and I really hope to God. We don't do something stupid like that. Like have it's, a. So you guys watch for stuff like that, right? Like when you guys are watching. It comes ingrained in have, who you are once you. Have you, you know, seen in big production movies flubs? Oh yeah, yeah, all the time. Like when they're when 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 if it, if it's like an eighteen forty oh, scene and then you see a digital yeah. watch in there or something. Or, have you ever watched a, a 007 movie? Yeah. Like the one of the ones of with Daniel Craig. I've seen where I love all of them. Actually, and or maybe just, that car should not be yeah. in there. Just or the in all the model, 1940s movies, how everybody has a brand new looking car because yes. they had to borrow the cars from these car enthusiasts. I'm, I'm sorry, in the 1940s, people had junkers. Yeah, they like shit. Bottom. But you never see that in the yeah. movies because they're all, they've all been made to look as beautiful as they can. That's right. Because it's, uh, it's about living a different life. A friend of mine and I have been watching through all the James Bond. So we started at the beginning and we finally hit Daniel Craig. And there have been some lows and some highs. And it's interesting now looking back, like when Connery slaps. Oh. And like it it's does dated. get really rapey. It is dated. And it does get point. really questionable. It does. But we've... <laughs> Dying of the Day was hard to get through. But we finally got to Casino Royale. And as we were watching it, we both have a remote and we pause to make notes on certain things. And midway through, we're like... There's a lot of mistakes in that movie. There's a lot of mistakes, a lot but of from, a, from a technical standpoint, we're like, oh, they actually did this, they actually did that. The only thing that really stood out as absolutely horrible is there's one shot of his initial Bond girl getting out of the water onto a boat and the villain is playing poker on his yacht. Right. And she opens the back door of the yacht and you 
it's the first time I'm watching it in 4K too, so that might be a thing. But watching it and like that is green screen. That is the most yeah. clear green screen situation, and that's the only major production issue that I can really tell. There's story issues, hardcore, but um, I always like ruining people's uh, opinion on extras. If you watch old school TV shows and watch the the extras, you can see them mouthing. Do you you know this? What are they mouthing? Tila knows it. Melissa knows it. It's slipping my mind, but I think we've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, they don't do it so much anymore, but years ago, you watch them, they'd be saying peas and carrots. Because you're really moving your lips. Oh, yeah. Peas and carrots. That's and the extras in the background would just be repeating peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. carrots peas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right? funny. Because it makes it look like they're engaging in a conversation yeah. without having to make it up. Exactly. Um, Shazam. Oh, you watched that show. Oh, no, the movie. You're talking about the movie. Yeah, the movie. I'm old. <laughs> I used to watch the TV show, Shazam. I got so excited there for a second. Um, I told you, I'm the nerd in this relationship. Doug's not the jock, but he could be. He could be. Because he hates sports. Yeah, I don't like sports. But running is good. But it's running good. is good. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm the DC, Marvel, comic, okay. Star Trek, closet nerd. I remember mm. the day that my daughter... Um, was about 15. I was making, she was sitting at the table doing something and I was in the kitchen busied around and the next generation came on and just automatically you go into space, the final frontier. And um, my daughter stopped and I happened to turn around and she's looking at me with this look on her face. And I said, what? She's like, I'm like, what? Mom. You're a nerd? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> hello, I was an air cadet. What do you think? <laughs> that was a boy scout. So, and it was funny because she was an air cadet at the time too. Yeah. Um, the reason why I mentioned Shazam is Shazam, it was publicized, but there's a scene in the movie where the, where the um, he's flying through a mall, uh, through the mall, and on the day of filming, they were paying so much attention to the effects of him flying through the mall, they missed the fact that there's very clearly crew members in the back. Oh, jeez. And they didn't realize it till editing. They're like, okay, it looks amazing because he's flying through the mall, but there's very clearly crew members in the back. What do we do? So they fixed it. They edited bags into the crew members' hands, so now they just look like innocent shoppers. <laughs> so stuff like that, it's very cool to... To, to think, be able to oh, see. we gotta fix this. Um, uh, it, was it Spectre or was it Skyfall? I think it was Skyfall. Uh, Daniel Craig. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They they go to the to the casino with the Komodo dragons, and in the oh. original script or in the original shoot, um, he goes to shoot one of the villains, and he's wearing gloves. And they had to fix it later on because, because the, he gun, the, the gun he was issued would only work with his fingerprint. You can't get your fingerprints through the gloves. No. So in the movie, he has really bulky hands for one scene. He's like <laughs> the paint hands over his gloves. Funny. <laughs> so you have to be really creative when stuff like that's that right. happens. And that's what scares me going into our things. I'm like, what are we going to screw up that I we like, have to justify yeah, later? Yeah, but those like are learning experience. Solving. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Like you have to start... Somewhere. I shot a short film in college, and midway through, we were like, shit, 
the actors change shirts midway through and we yeah. can't Didn't reshoot notice. this all. Yes. So Running the script, because, making sure the details are there. Because it was already a really jokey movie already, midway through the movie, they're like, fuck, it's getting hot in here. And they take off their shirts <laughs> to reveal the other one. I don't Perfect. want to do that again. I've been very mindful with the wardrobe for this one because that was just a nightmare. And every time I watch it and I see that, I'm like, oh. Yeah, but you think of that, but the people watching it don't think no. that. Some people pointed it out. They're like, why? Why does that happen? And I have a lot of film geeky friends who are like, you fucked up the shirts, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Well, we've learned a lot from about filming because we were extras in a, in a, a movie that's a movie coming out. That's coming out. What and movie? Or can't you talk, we can't we talk can, about it? We yeah. can, no, it's a great social, area. Media is up, social media is up there. Is it? It's out there. It's called The Good Family. Okay. Um, and it's produced by, what's the film company called? Not sure. Uh, it's one of the cities around, starts with a C. Caledon Films. Caledon Films. Yeah. Okay. And um, so uh, Doug did the behind the scenes photography. Okay. He is a very sexy, bulky bodyguard. Enforcer in the movie as well. I will not lie, showing off his tattoo, which he's cleverly hidden tonight. Nice. Um, and uh, it was it was interesting and fun to see. Oh, yeah. And me being the nerd, sitting there going, "Oh, this is oh," and I'm and I'm sitting there because I'm not really the person running the script. I'm just I'm there. And. Um, the, the producer looked at me and she said, how did you catch that? And I'm like, um, um, because I'm paying attention, which is one of the other problems I have. I pay too close attention to certain things and I get myself into trouble because I'm always questioning it. But we just learned a lot from that whole thing. We did. Just, it was amazing to see how things are done when it comes to the special effects, yeah. when they were the showing the bullet guy. coming through the head. You know, like just, just how much time it takes. And when like, they shoot someone, they have to use explosives and all that. I never knew that. Yeah. And it, it took about two hours to get all that taken care of. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. So they have to redo the whole thing again. Like, it's just blows well, me away. A lesson in, in filmmaking. Uh, there was a movie shot in Niagara-on-the-Lake last year called A Holiday Calendar. It was a Netflix original. I think I actually watched that. Okay. I think I saw that, too. Um, shot entirely in Niagara-on-the-Lake. They shot it in March 2018. And they used the Christmas store, didn't they? Part no, well, I don't know for certain, but they used a lot of Niagara on the Lake. And watching that movie being a low mark, hallmark, a low budget, like Hallmark Channel yep. style movie, in a place that you know, so you can really like nitpick certain things, it's interesting. And I try to translate that to our low budget kind of thought process, but. They repurposed the, one of the theaters and just added a digital marquee to make it seem like it was a movie theater. But the one thing that they really dropped the ball on was their establishing shots. Because throughout the entire movie, there's like two different drone shots that get reused oh. so many times. Yes. And it, I like it because it's very clearly Niagara on the Lake. You can see the clock tower. Like it's a very good love letter to Niagara on the Lake, even though it's not kind of set in Niagara on the Lake. But it's it's cool to watch because you can see what they used and you go down if i don't think there's any diehard fans in the movie because as i said it was just, just really little. canadian tv has really come a long way oh. in so many years and i remember when i was in my, t uh, my when i was a kid watching the beachcombers one of my favorite shows growing up the acting 
there was just I'm not gonna I don't want to say anything bad, but it was it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't Hollywood. It just wasn't there. That's all. <laughs> it wasn't Hollywood. And the problem, and what I'm finding with a lot any Canadian production that portrays America, it just doesn't do it for me. For example, when we have Flashpoint or if we have Rookie Blue, mm -hmm. we all know that it's about Toronto Police, and I think it's very well done because it's all about that Canadian police force. And, they, and the only the best people that are ever going to portray Canadians are Canadians. It's Canadians, yeah. Yep. So and now they're you know and we've seen a lot of it. That Corner show. That show Corner fantastic. was fantastic. We my used the CBC Gem app and fantastic. I've introduced him um, very 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 gently. He started watching Heartland. Fantastic show. Yeah. And let me tell you, great, he great used to things. chastise me for watching it because it was a Canadian TV show, and without watching it, he had a preconceived. TV has come a long way. And another the corner, one that I, there was Blackstone. Um, that is my hand, hands down. Yeah, one I had to of stop watching. Favorite. That was a little too graphic for me. Fantastic. But it was a great show. It's very well done. And it's just, it, and that's where a lot of this, and this is why I think you know Canadian TV has gone a long way. I know a lot of actors that I went to boarding school with, and they. Um, you know, you see them on there, and it's just, it's, it's just be, it's very well done, lately, and I see that. Okay, everybody's pouring so much, like money into, the just, the film industry in general in Toronto and whatnot. So, it, be it Canadian productions or American productions, it's there's a big Canadian touch to it, regardless. Like you're a, you're a big comic person, so you watch Titans. Mm -hmm. The TV show, yeah. We've on. watched it a couple of times. Okay, yeah. so I was on that set not too long ago. Oh! Yeah, and it's, they're filming season two. It was very secretive. It wasn't even titled properly because they didn't want us to talk about it. So I had to yeah. do a little do A little, a little side talking. Yeah. Um, but the director's American, the producer's American, but everything else. The It, it amazed me doing the, the union work because... I always thought, if I'm a film director, I get to, I, yeah, I'm friends with my boom operator. Like, I know my boom operator. No, it's just a union job. It could be different tomorrow. Like, that's a bit crazy. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it, most a lot of American productions always have the Canadian touch. Um, you can't get away from it. Christmas Chronicles, the another Netflix big Christmas movie starring uh, Kurt Russell that came out last year. A lot of that was filmed in Hamilton. Really? Yeah. yeah. Didn't know that. Hamilton, Toronto, and stuff like that. So one of the biggest... Well, his son did attend university in, in uh, Vancouver. Okay. Hudson. Hud. What's his name? Last name was... I uh, can't remember. But he was in professional hockey, too. So him and Goldie spent a lot of time up in Canada. They used to have, um, they used to have a house up in Muskoka. I don't know a lot of, lot of big time big. Americans, like Spielberg has a Muskoka yeah. house too. Well, they come up here and Canadians treat them just like normal people. They don't, yeah. <gasps> you know, I take pictures. Some, sometimes, sometimes but for the most part, they come up to Canada. We just, you know, like I went to Montreal, ran into Kirk, um, to Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta Jones. You know what? You see them walking around. They're, they're hi, just like friendly. normal people. Yeah. Hey, welcome, whatever. Off you go. They used to have a house just not too far from Montreal. Same thing. And believe it or not, it, the biggest thing for me was meeting Johnny Mosley, who used to be the moguls guy for the U.S. team back a long time ago. I was like, oh, my gosh. Or even the body break people. <laughs> for me, that was a huge thing. That was better. That was bigger for me than Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like, they're great and everything like that. But these, 
Yeah. You know Canadian what I mean? icons. I've told this story so many times, but I don't care. And I realized probably a generation gap with this anyway. But when I was younger, I got to meet personally and sit down and talk with them. Uh, Sharon Lois and Bram, The Elephant oh, Show. Yes. Oh, yes. I remember and that. I grew up watching and listening to them, and then they were doing a charity concert, an exclusive charity concert at the Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. Mm-hmm. My brother recently had had a kidney transplant, so he was one of the people that were invited. And after the concert that came down, Bram was wearing hearing aids, and my brother was wearing hearing aids, so Bram was talking about hearing aids with my father, and I'm standing there like, you got it on TV. And I was in nine... 10, maybe a little bit older listening to Sharon Lewis and Bram, but it didn't matter. Like, you, I grew up with you guys, and yep. they talked to us like people. We got pictures. They were so friendly, and it's amazing to be able to do that. And they could go to the States, and they might have a little bit of notoriety down there, but they're it's Canadian the icons. Canadian icons. Same I got to thing meet with Mr. Dress Up Mr. once, too. I was going to say that. Ernie Green. Green. Yeah. Uh, I used, sorry, it's, uh, he used Steve to live Smith. in Burlington on Tyndaga Park Drive. He just up from where I live. Years ago, he did a show at Brock, and I couldn't go. I wanted to go, but I was managing the NW. And apparently, I guess before a show, he's like, "I'm gonna go to NW," and I turned around, and there he and was. And there he was, and like. So before Red Green, he was Smith and Smith. See, I didn't know that. That's the show we grew up watching, Smith and Smith. <laughs> And so. then all of a sudden he's red green. We're like, what the hell is this? Oh, Man, but this that took is... off. That was a great. That idea. was a great show. He yeah. is amazing. Yes. Right? So he just lived a few streets away from me, so growing funny. up in Burlington. You know what's movie I can't wait to watch, Mr. Rogers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is going to be good. That yes. Yeah, you know what? Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks is doing. Like perfect. I cried in when I saw that. In the first scene with him as you, because some actors you have to warm up to them in a role, mm. but the first scene in the trailer, you're like, oh my, oh my God. gosh. I know, I started Mr. crying. Mr. Rogers. Well, it's Robin back. Williams, same thing. Like, the way he acts, it just, it just touches you. Yeah, yeah. I know. I still can't believe he's dead. But he Five just, years ago yesterday, yeah. Yeah. I think. He just, so, so just media, touches, yeah. just touches every chord when you see his movies. Like, I just... But see, all of these things helped shape us as adults. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sure did. And you know what? If you can look back fondly on some of these shows, you still carry some of the things that they taught you. You know what I mean? Like, it's great that kids are, you know, they have these things, but you know what? Uh, what are they really learning when they're sitting there on YouTube? Sorry, Frankie. Um, watching um, how to play a video game. This is interesting. It's, it's like a generation raised by the TV has nostalgia for being raised by the TV, and now they're criticizing the future generation well, for no, how they're Well, because, I mean, seriously, when we watched Mr. Dress Up, Mr. Rogers, we yeah. watched Read Along, like Read Along. I remember Read Along. You know? I just remembered Read Along because you said it. You know what I mean? Like those things taught us values. Um, what's that one? Uh, Davy and Goliath. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Davey. They taught you. They taught you <laughs> values. They taught you how. Uh, read Along. They taught you how to read. They made it fun. Well, the nice thing about those shows is, as parents nowadays, I've I've said. Like, thankfully, I have, you want something goofy, I have all Gilligan's Island, and I can raise I my kids Gilligan's on Gilligan's Island. Island. My son loves Dukes of, Hazzard. Dukes of Hazzard. Oh my gosh, Charlie's Maybe Angels. not as politically correct nowadays, you know? but... But my kids all grew up on this. Like, yeah. even my kids know, in their mid-twenties, they grew up watching Charlie's Angels, The Brady Bunch, you know, um, things like that that actually brought families together. Yeah. 
you know, few laughs. But at the same time, they taught you values, the right and wrongs. They showed you kids screwed up, but they got punished. They learned from it and how it made them a better person. Today, kids are, are playing Fortnite. They're playing, wow. you know what I mean? Like, there's those video games. I, You know what? My kids, I've got three kids in their 20s, mid-20s, and I've got one who's just 12. So there's a huge age gap there. Um, yes, Frankie is controlled with what he can play, how long he can play. He still has to read books, you know what I mean? And I quiz him on it and stuff like that. Yes, he has a phone because it's the only way I can reach him yeah. uh, when I'm not with him. But... You know, my kid, he still does arts and crafts. Like, I, I got in this thing, little passports. It's all science. He's into science. Like, he still does things with his hands and stuff like that. Whereas, I'll see other kids where it's 24-7 all day long. They're on their tablets. They're on their iPads. They're watching YouTube. They're watching people shit in bags. And, like, <laughs> seriously? Like, what are they learning from that? Not even because you said that. Not because I find yes. it funny. But, but I mean, but it is funny. funny. But I mean, seriously. <laughs> and then they're park? sitting down. Yeah, here in St. Catharines, yeah. right on the street. Um, and then they're you know they're playing those video games where it's like you earn points for running over the old lady with your car. You know what I mean? Like, how is that teaching values and how to be a better person into society? Where you're contrib what are you able to contribute if you're not learning your basic skills to be able to be a productive person in society? Yeah. I've also we've also noticed even just us. There's there's a lot of people out there with no work ethic. Yeah. Like that's a big we work twenty four seven. Me too. You know, we don't we don't make a ton of money. We make money, but it's all about as I told my kids, when you're doing a job, even if you got a job sweeping the floor, you do that job to the best of your ability and then some. You show those people that you're there, you're dedicated, you're there to work. Because you know what? There's somebody else behind you who's got less than you, who's hungry, and wants that job because it's gonna put food on their table. I've always had a, a good work ethic, but I can never complain, I can't complain to Eric. Before we started, we just compared steps and mine, I have a different job than him. Yeah. And my dad, I come from a long line of hard workers. My grandfather was a tobacco farmer. My dad, yeah. when he was younger, was a tobacco farmer. He ran a funeral home. He does all this and that yeah. and whatnot. I wanted to be an artist. So, that's, but you know am, what? But to I be an artist, long, that's hard yeah, work. It's long hours. It's not honestly most of the manual labor I've done in my life is by mistake. So, yep. um, it, it's long hours instead, and it's working. I mean, here it's nine o'clock. Then I can go home, and I got other stuff to do and whatnot. So, I may not walk seventeen thousand steps a day or twenty-four <laughs> kilometers a day, yeah. but I. But I'm, here's the thing. There's work. Hard work does not necessarily mean manual labor. Oh, because you know what? When you're sitting behind a desk and you're processing all the accounting and your emails and things like that, your brain gets tired and, and it's hard work. So it's not necessarily how work is always manual to tire your body out. But you also have that work that tires your mind out. But really, sitting there watching somebody play a video game on YouTube is contributing to what? Well, it's contributing to that uh, YouTuber's success account. Yeah, because exactly. Because his hard work. Yes. That's right. But he's sitting there playing a video game. And that's Making great. lots of money. Making lots possibly. of money. But What's that what, where are your blah, values blah, blah, coming from? Where that? are your values that's, coming from? I have no idea. There's a uh, YouTube. FouseyTube? That's it. Yeah. Oh, I don't like him, but... My son, I took my son to that. Oh, you took Frankie to see that too. I got everybody to They had the drone in the air and all that. And, and then there's that marshmallow person. Yeah. Frankie's like, I want to go on his marshmallow. I'm like, 
marshmallow. I'm thinking, okay, let's see what. And then I find out there's this thing that's got like the X's on it. I'm like, what is that? Oh, then the artist, the yeah, music. Yeah, uh, marshmallow or something like that. Yeah, I think that's like, the band. The... I've heard a few of their songs. It's pop music. Stuff that plays on the radio, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. It's no. just, it's just, it's, it's great to see things have changed, but the core values and stuff like that that are not being taught to children today is a huge issue for me. Yeah. Hey, Eric and I, I mean, bounced around an idea of making an educational children's for, photography yeah. TV show. I, I feel like it's such a sliding scale and there's so many different kids out there that have different interests, but like I could talk to, I don't know, my grandfather, maybe he'd be disappointed that I'm not reading enough Friedrich Nietzsche and like <laughs> just a bunch of old philosophers. It's true. I don't hey, know. My kid reads the Hardy Boys. That's cool. Yeah, that's a yeah. good you know what I mean? It's good because you know what? It gets you thinking because it's mystery. You're you're thinking about all these things going on. You're like, oh, what's this? What's that? You know? Like, it's great that you can sit in front and watch somebody do something, but what are you really challenging yourself with? You have to have the desire to seek the challenge. That's probably one yeah. of the most rewarding things. I mean, I I do stuff all day, but I don't feel like I work hard really in almost any aspect of my life. It's kind of just. But yeah, fun. you probably work 12, 14 hours a day putting yeah, up sometimes. that drywall, doing, you know, you got to make your cuts. You got to yeah. measure twice, cut oh, yeah. once. You know what I mean? And but even before that university, went to school, got an honors degree in biology. If I didn't have to spend the money, I'd just I go do it for fun. Because I mean, like, I don't know. But it, you have to have that drive. Everybody has different drives to do yep. things. And, and I mean, unfortunately, yes, if somebody only wants to, I don't know, watch other people live interesting lives and that's how they get their their kicks, yep. then yeah, they might be sort of taken advantage of by everybody else in society who is going to sell them said product. Right, and but then it's society's fault because they're so uh, gullible. Yeah. It's always, it's always a tier of people. That's yeah. right. That's right. I don't know. Absolutely. But wow. we've gotten away from the bridal show. Like we yeah. talked about. No, no. So See, this is what this We're is always really good at this. We, we've we had people come on that are going to talk about something else. We just like getting to know people. We like yeah, personifying awesome. people. Yes. We were, we were a little nervous coming here today. Yeah. I think you were a little bit more than me because I always say, you know what? Um, I'm not going to stress out about it. And what happens, happens. Our and that's rule of thumb is no prep. We, I mean, I knew yep. you. I've heard of you. Like, I... you. Between you and Brian Caparici, there's very few photography companies in Niagara that people talk about. But Doug Walters, uh, Young Glass, Brian Caparici, Daniel Ritchie, and stuff like that. Like, there's there's names, and you're always there. So they say you're never supposed to meet your your idols, but it was cool to meet you. Steve, <laughs> I'm absolutely flattered. <laughs> You've actually floored him. You've actually no, rendered just, him I'm almost just, speechless. I just I came here like what seven years ago, and I just. Open up shop and um, the, when he came here, it was do or die for him. Like he came here to oh, start I over, and start it was like, and... you know what? He's like, I'm gonna come here and do it. And that was before even we met. You, which is weird. This is a, I, because you're, like as I said, Brian Caffrey, like you're so well revered. It was cool years ago. I'll just tell this story because it's, it's it's at that point. You were a, a bragging point for us not just internally we were so excited because we had a bride and groom and this is this is it's long since gone who on the same day met with you and met with us and they had told us that they met with you and we're like well fuck it's over <laughs> <laughs> and then they went with us and that I mean, it's as I said, it's, an odd, it's an odd story oh to say. Oh my gosh, we're yeah. off, right? That's kind of cool to yeah. hear. No, I just... It's probably because we're cheaper. 
Oh no, he's cheap. <laughs> yeah, you are. It's pricing is such an interesting thing and whatnot, but. Well, well I, you know, it's. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think I was very received very well when I first came to this town because well, I. Well, if anything, with the bridal show, that should be changing your mindset. No, I know. I just. Got... It's. I don't. I, I don't feel like the photography community was. It's, it's it's very interesting. It, it's very yeah. That's the word I'm going to use. Especially when we do photo and video, like mm -hmm. we get, we've yeah. had some very snide comments. The first wedding show that we did, they were not happy with us. Yeah, and then and then it's just I know I remember I went to one of these meetings uh, with, and um, who was it? Knowles, what's his name? Robert. Robert Knowles was there, and then there was everybody that was. Of a name, somebody in, in Niagara, in and I just, I just remember being there, and I'm, and they were, they were talking about different stories, and I thought, you know what, maybe I'll go to this, and uh, I'll just, just listen to what their stories are about being wedding photographer, because like, like I can't talk about that with my mother because she doesn't do wedding photography. Yeah, that's true. My friends don't. They're all massage therapists or whatever, or own businesses. I thought, wouldn't it be nice just to go to this? And I remember going to this thing, and. Uh, I just felt, and I hate to say it like this, who's got the bigger dick? Yes. And I just photographed it like that, yeah. And yeah. I was like, and, but it wasn't were, just photography. And it was just so angry. I felt a very big anger. And then when I walked in there, everyone looked at me and they knew who I was. And uh, I just, I felt that I couldn't say anything. And I thought, you know what? I gotta go. And I left. I just couldn't, like, it was just very, very. Intimidating. You didn't feel welcome there. No, I did not feel welcome there at all. And it was, I was trying to be positive. There was a girl that was just getting into photography and, and I told her and I stood up and I told her, I said, you know, you should be very proud about your, 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 um, the fact that you're doing this on your own and you're, you're doing, getting your own customers and, and you should be, you should hold on to that. And everyone was really quiet when I said that. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to be positive. Stop, here. don't pick it up. I know. Just leave it. I'm just very, I'm trying to be very positive here. And I just, I felt, I felt that they all wanted to tell me off. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, and I just thought, wow, this is, this is, this is really bad. I got to go. I, I've balanced over the years with having that, um, cause we've, we've dealt with some dickhead photographers and some dickhead videographers and the, the photographer that ate all the lobster, and whatnot he when we were doing i think he was just angry because they went with, went with us for video and not with him for video as well again that was first year so was, i know it's because we were cheaper but when he was doing the photos after the ceremony he almost forced my videographer to use his gear because he's like mine's better you should use it and she's stuck with still it no. No, of yeah. course not but uh we have many brides and grooms who you know what we'll do just photography or we'll just do oh, videography yeah. or we'll just do photo booth like yeah um we try to play as best as we can in the sandbox um it's hard sometimes, sometimes. it's hard because I just, some I people are just with, real you know assholes. what um if I've, I've done video well you're intimidating because you got the guns now so well <laughs> i you know what when i'm at a wedding he was mentioning your muscles baby oh thank you <laughs> 
No, but let me let me just say this. When I'm like, I've officiated weddings. I've done video weddings. Video is not my favorite thing to do. I like, love it. I like doing the video. But oh, I like wait! Everything. I was going to mention something before. I remember we were talking about the workouts, the up and down, what yes. kind of weddings. The best workout I can ever get at the wedding is at the reception when I put my steady camera rig on and I'm running around the reception hall. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, I burn off my dinner doing that. There you go. See? Yeah. And going to about what what I'm saying, um, like. I'll see other photographers there. I just, I won't say a word. Like I'm not, I, there's probably things that they're doing that I'm not doing, but there's probably, there's a good reason why they're there. You know, and it, every, it's just, that's their con contribution to it. And I just stay away from it. I don't, I don't, I don't criticize nothing. The only thing that bothers us is when we did a wedding in Oakville and there was a gentleman there oh, who had similar right. equipment to what Doug did. He had this big lens, and same as mine. Oh, yeah. He followed Doug around like a lost puppy with his shots. camera, taking the same shots. And at one yeah, point, at he one point, literally it was went Walter up. Memorial, I'll never forget it. That part where, first, before you go up to the balcony part, before the balcony part, the guy literally came up. Doug's trying to set up. So there's always a shot that he does after the signing of the registry. The officiant, the reverend, the pastor, whatever, the bride and groom, the best man, the best woman. And then I'll do the shot. And okay, everybody go that. like this. And next thing you, you know, know <laughs> the guy's lens was sitting on right Doug's on my shoulder. shoulder. So what do I do? I so, just, whoops, sorry. We asked the wedding party, do you guys who know this who guy? this person is? They're like, no, we thought he was with you. No. <laughs> That's how intrusive he was with Doug trying Jesus. to get work done. And we all understand that people want to take the shots. Everybody's got their phones and this and that. And it's like, it's great. We don't deter that. The However, the bride and groom, the wedding party are not looking at the photographer, yeah. which and makes so what it I harder say, what to get I, the shots for the bride and groom. What I always say to the photographer that's beside me and he's got his nice camera and blah, 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 is listen, it's really against the bride and groom if you keep doing this because they're all going to look at you because they know you a lot longer. I'm just the hired help here. I'm just, I'm just doing it for them. So you're impacting them. And usually at that time, they'll just, oh, you know what, no problem. Yeah. I can say, fucking get that camera out of there or I'm gonna shove it straight up your ass. Which but that's done. not politically correct. You can't do that no. in this society. I would, you know, and of course I feel like saying that and it really pisses me off the next day even when I'm going through all the stuff and I see that they're looking at this yeah. other guy and I'm thinking, that was a really good shot, but they're all looking at them and they're going to want, ask or me. Or half are looking at Doug and the other half are looking no. at like 15 other different people. So what I'll just do is I'll say, you know what, guys, I'm going to take my shot first and I'm very loud about it. And then you're going to look at the paparazzi. So everyone yeah. look at me. Okay. Everybody looking at me. Okay. Now paparazzi. And that's the best way to yeah. do it. Yeah. And then they're, they feel important because they're the paparazzi, right? So. And then at the end of the day, everyone's happy, and then they'll all say, you're a really nice guy, and you know, uh, my daughter's getting married, and, and then it kind of goes like that, ecology, and yeah. everybody's happy, so. It, there's, I mean, there's the, been the occasional wedding where there have been people who have come up to us and they ask us what we have, and some people make comments, be like, oh, well, mine is better. Probably what, is. Well, just because mm -hmm. it's bigger doesn't mean it's better, though. Oh, I know. And just because it's newer doesn't mean it's always better either. It depends on what you're shooting. It depends on what you're trying to achieve. But I, I, so I was like the old guy in the back of the church with a pop-up flash and it's oh, 18 yeah. to 55. Yeah, and the guy's got a little, you know, and he's using this small little flash. Meanwhile, he's got the, the D850, which is Great. a very, like very well-desired well camera with yeah. 50 megapixels. And this oversized lens. And he's using this little flash. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's... A very nice light because you know he's not bouncing it he's not using the car or anything like that and 
you know, you know what you're doing? You know, and I'm, I'll, I'll just keep it at that. Like when I see that, like he's not, there's, he doesn't know what he's doing. Or there's the like, people that are like in the middle of the, the ceremony or the family photos and they're trying to take pictures and they're like, my camera's not working. Hey, can you show me what I'm doing wrong? I've had that too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm shooting a wedding. Sure, let's just take a quick look. You know, and Doug always stops. He tries to help as best as he can, but. Another thing, it's when I'm at parks, uh, perfect, perfect example was that when I was at uh, RBG, the one in Burlington. Every time that place books that, every, they book that park, it's always in the middle of the day. And what's, what's the biggest problem in the There's middle no of the shade. day? There's no shade. The sun can And I'll the see these photographers RBG, yeah. with, these, with the shooting right in the sun or under the trees and you see all this lighting on the faces. And I'm thinking, what are they doing? You know, why are they doing that? You know, why take you the picture? Fix you it. can't fix it. Like How long? Checkerboard. Yeah. So, but yeah. No. Lots of rookie mistakes out there, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, it's been a long time since we went for like two hours. You yeah. guys, just like you had said, you didn't know what to expect. And whenever we don't do our research and we just bring people on, you never know. That's we've right. had some boring people and we've had people that are not as boring, but say some really interesting things. We try. <laughs> we try <laughs> to keep it. We try to keep it. This going. was fun. And yeah, I enjoyed this. We'd yeah. love to maybe do it again, maybe after the wedding show sure. or whatnot. Do yes. a recap and everything. Yeah. yeah. And again, the wedding show yes. <laughs> is August 25th. And I do want to say everything that you've said is what I like to hear because there are lots of uh, wedding people out there. I'm looking at you, Malcolm or Raymond or whatever your name is, your alias, um, who like to take advantage of vendors. And it's not good because we spend a lot of money to be there. Like we're we're taking our old set design and we're bringing it into the 2019s. Yep. And we thank you and we hope that it'll be fun. We're looking forward to it on the day. And so are we. Well, we know, that it's, we know that we've got our work cut out for us. Um, but we are not letting that daunting task of making something spectacular out of our vision. But along with that vision that we have, it's like, it, it includes everybody. Like we have a vision, we're gonna put it out there so that the vendors have a place to come and the brides and their families and their tribes and their grooms and have a place to come that's interesting, different, Cool. Ours. You ever hear you hear about these stories of these these uh, rock bands, of how they met all their members. You know, they met you know the drummer. Well, he met them at a bar, and he's half in the bag. But man, he could really hear that snare. You know, he should be in our band. And then they're the, one of the most famous bands. Yeah. It's kind of like the people that we put into this show, yeah. like Alex Kazam. I've known him for a long time. He's always fit in something in any of my projects. It's been great. Make the cut for the hair. Let me tell you, we met her at the Ancaster show. Yeah. And she told me that I was the reason that she's doing so much better in her business because I told her, get out from behind the table. She oh, said yeah. she took it to heart. And ever since then, she's like, so she's on board. She's doing the hair. We have... I saw Mary Kay on the side, very briefly, very, you know, but believe in the product. Mary Kay is going to be there doing the makeup. We have presence event uh, decor and designs doing everything. We've got some of our old brides that are that, that do different things that are involved in the show, too. That's right. And it's like we're going to be seeing them there. I think yeah. that's fantastic. Panic Zone Productions. I've known um, Pete Trana since I was in high school. 
and being and able to be see there. him in this years later because I haven't seen him in so long but in the last four or five years mm. he's just since Doug and I got together has been this huge oh my gosh Doug's the guy Doug's the man you need to talk to Doug and Krista for you know your photographer it's see, all these people <laughs> all these people that G3 designs another yeah. example there's another one yeah you know, and they're, they're there they're, they, they're in St. Catharines heart to heart photography like yeah. all of these other photographers who you might think you know, and we have a great rapport with, like, even before, you know, we go to the Niagara show, we see these people, we're joking around, we're having fun, you know, and yeah. that's, that's what we want for the vendors. We want them to have fun at our show. They don't, I don't want them to dread coming there just because it's, it's like, another oh, wedding show. show. Oh, right it's on. a Kingcaster show. Oh my gosh, we got the cupcake do dive. That's what they they got, they got Alex Kazam. Oh my gosh. Oh, and we're revealing our new logo. You know, yeah. a lot of the show is out with the old and in with the new, hmm. even with staying with the, the luxury of the show. And then the February show is going to be even better because people. it's at night. Like, it's just, oh, yeah. everything is so coming together. Talk about them. They're the decor, the decor people company, that we've been Karen. seeing every time. Karen, she's also preferred uh, vendor at Casa Blanket. That's how we met her because we're a preferred vendor Yeah, there. we just loved it. And, and they, they're just genuine warm people that want to make people happy yeah and they're like we called her and yes yeah, no problem we're problem. there we're there you know and it's just amazing to see the support that we have that maybe you don't normally see because you're so busy working but then when it comes to a project like this everybody just it's just it's been amazing and we can't wait to see how it keeps growing it's a lot of work though <laughs> oh i bet <laughs> well yeah. You know. we, we have always joked that the the best way to take over the wedding industry would be just buy a wedding hall and just do everything. And we always joke about it. But, but you it never know what so... the next corner is going oh, to yeah. bring you. Oh, yeah. St. Catharines is the place to do it. Those days cheap there still. You can't do that in Oakville. You can't do that in Burlington. You can't no. do that in Mississauga. No. You know, yeah. it's totally doable. It's just finding that. we and, and we almost were in a position where we could have done that. Yep. But the deal was too complicated. It just didn't feel right. No. But it also didn't feel right. Like you need to, in whatever business you're in, you need to listen to your gut because your gut's yeah. never going to turn you wrong. Don't make snap decisions because, you know, feel it out. Think about it. Sometimes a snap decision is a good decision and yeah. sometimes it's not. But never, never turn away from your gut because that's, that's the core that tells you yay or nay. I still like that car I saw today. I'm still Jeez. thinking about it. Well, good. You gotta Continue get my to feet tattooed first. 1963. Uh, tattoos are car cheaper than. A, a Biscayne. Biscayne. 1963 Biscayne. We probably saw it on Lake Street. It's that red car. I looked at it today. Really yeah. nice. Doug has uh, lots of different things he likes to do. But I think we're done tonight now, aren't we? Well, yeah. uh, I mean, there's no better way to end an episode than to say to don't make snap decisions, but, but uh, <laughs> listen to your gut. Like that's that's a good way to end it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But thank you very much for coming. This yes, was fun. This you. was a it's lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. no, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Next time we should play poker while we're doing it. Well, this is the first time that we've had like a roundtable discussion. We could it's do perfect. It's, this is a very similar shot roulette. Uh, See, Doug very and I similar show in Holland. It's, they have a it's a, a, a program called Ted's Tent. And basically, they bring all the all the Dutch stars there, and they talk about all sorts of shit, and then they may cook together, and they feel, you know, they pet animals together, and then they talk about important things. Yeah. 
It's really, it's, if we incorporated pinning animals into the show, it'd be a very different show. Well, yeah. Doug and I'll I, give it that. Well, Doug and I stumbled upon each other down here in St. Catharines. After dating a while, we realized we'd been in the same circles for a number of years together. Yeah, I used, to, I, used to, I used to emcee all the Welcome Wagon shows. And I and was there running yeah. the, the trade shows with the bridal stores I was working in. Yeah, so. And it's a small world. It is. And then, you know, his love of wine is what brought us together. It's a good love. He was, he was one of my regulars. Yeah. And then Yay. here we are. Yes. And then he let me loose at a wedding show, which I really <laughs> hate doing, which is ironic now that we own one. We booked 15 weddings to come like, show. He says like, to me, did you say he's to like, what did, you, what did you do before we started seeing each other? Well, I have a background in bridal. What? Because he just let me go up there as somebody to just fill a yeah. void up in Mississauga. We have this call from this brought groom, and it's like, uh, we talked to this Krista. I'm like, oh, Krista? Yeah. yeah, we want to book your services. So $3,000 uh, package, the biggest package he had ever booked. charge commission. No. <laughs> no, no. Krista does the emails. She takes care of everything. The, the oh, cleaning, the go, laundry, man. the cooking, Sorry, the emails, the clients. We allow him to be creative with his camera and his editing and then we do all of the stuff together when it comes to the shows and stuff like that like we we generally have invested our whole lives together and into this, this industry and it's we've hit our niche and we've hit it off so well that everybody else feels the same way and it's kind of cool to see it coming back okay i was wrong that's the appropriate time to end it so we'll sign off well, have a good night, everybody. Yes. Thank Thanks. you for listening. Hopefully next time. Yeah, that's a wrap. Bye. That's a wrap. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.